The Ring and the Book, an Interpretation, by Francis Bickford Hornbrook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Algie Pug. To Anne Frances Burr, for many years, the faithful and loyal friend of the author and his wife, this book is affectionately dedicated. Foreword by Orinda A.D. Hornbrook Francis Bickford Hornbrook was born in Wheeling, Virginia, now West Virginia, on May 7, 1849. He was just 37 years younger than Robert Browning and was always pleased that his birthday fell on the same day as that of the great poet he loved and studied so many years. He was of mixed ancestry, being of Dutch and English extraction on his father's side, and, on his mother's, of German and Scotch-Irish. The name is Dutch, and tradition says that the family came from the little town of Broek near Amsterdam. He was the only child of Thomas Bickford and Jane Lopeman Hornbrook, and was named indirectly for Sir Francis Burdett, the great English radical, and a distant kinsman of the Hornbrook family. He was most patriotically and intensely American, though he was only of the first generation in this country, his father having been born in Bristol, England. His far-off ancestor went from Holland to England in 1688 with William of Orange. William the Silent was one of his great heroes, and he recalled, with pride and pleasure, that his ancestors undoubtedly fought on the dikes of Holland for the great father of his country. Dr. Hornbrook's father died when his son was in his infancy. The boy was educated in the public schools of Wheeling and took his college course in the Ohio University at Athens, Ohio, graduating in 1870. Getting a college education was no easy matter for the fatherless boy, who early showed a love of reading and study that amounted to a passion. To get the means for his college course, he did all sorts of work in vacations and odd times, shrinking from nothing, however hard and disagreeable, if it would further his cherished ambition. He early decided to go into the ministry, and was graduated at the Union Theological Seminary, New York, and later at Harvard Divinity School. He was married in 1874 to Arinda Althea Dudley, a direct descendant of Thomas Dudley, the second colonial governor of Massachusetts. They had two sons, who with the wife survive him. He had three parishes. The first was that of the Union Congregational, Trinitarian, Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. While there, he decided that his theological views were more in sympathy with the Unitarian than with the Orthodox faith, and left to take the pastorate of the first parish Unitarian Church in Western, Massachusetts. It was during his country pastorates that he made that close study of the works of Frederick W. Robertson, Cardinal Newman, and of the early fathers of the church for which he was afterwards noted. Dr. C. C. Everett, of Harvard University, urged him to write a book on church history, but the time of leisure for such a work never came, and his knowledge of the subject went into his sermons and various papers. He devoted himself with such conscientious fidelity to the especial interests of his parishes, never, for a moment, 
neglecting any duty as a pastor for even his beloved literary studies, that only untiring industry allowed him time for anything else. After three years of service in Weston, he accepted a call to the Channing Church in the neighbouring city of Newton, for which he laboured for twenty-one years, refusing calls to some of the largest churches in the Unitarian body. During his pastorate, and greatly by his efforts, the present beautiful church edifice was erected. During the last fifteen years of his life, he was a constant lecturer on literary subjects, giving courses of lectures on Tolstoy, Tennyson, Shakespeare, Browning, and many others. These he made so interesting that one busy businessman said to another, What is the use in the little time we have of trying to read books? Dr. Hornbrook gives us the cream of literature with no bother to ourselves. He was a learned and exact biblical student, an eloquent and winning preacher, and an ardent and loving student of the best literature. His Greek Testament and his Browning were his constant companions. He greatly enjoyed his membership in the Boston Browning Society and served it most loyally. He was its fourth president. If an essayist fell out, he could always be depended upon to fill the vacancy. If the discussion of the paper flagged, he would brighten it with witty and entertaining remarks. His reading of Browning was remarkable for its force and its interpretative quality. It reminded those who had known him in his early years of the saying among his college friends that a great actor was spoiled when Hornbrook took to the pulpit. Those who heard him read the plea of Caponsacchi, the soliloquy of the Pope, or Guido's last frantic appeal in The Ring and the Book, had an experience they will never forget. His voice was as clear as a bell, and for the time he was the one whose words he was rendering. Some of his Browning papers, besides those on The Ring and the Book, are The Religion in Browning's Poetry, The Development in Browning's Poetry, Saul, Rabbi Ben Ezra, Caliban upon Setebos, Bishop Blaram's Apology, Paracelsus, and Browning's Five Prelates. A paper on Mr. Sludge, the Medium, was published in the Boston Browning Society Papers. Dr. Hornbrook was considered by competent critics to be one of the foremost Browning students and exponents in the entire world. But though so deeply interested in Browning's thought, he did not seek to know his private life, and deplored the publication of the Barrett Browning Love Letters. He would not read them, nor allow them to be brought into his house. The writer well remembers, when calling with her husband on Miss Harriet Hosmer, the sculptor, an intimate friend of Browning, the indignation which both these Browning lovers invade against the lack of delicacy displayed in the giving to the world what should have been the heart secrets of the great poet and his wife. Clerical and literary work did not claim all Dr. Hornbrook's interest. He was a public-spirited citizen, taking a capable and interested part in public affairs. Dr. Hornbrook was a man of commanding figure and singularly individual and interesting personality, whom people on the street turned to look after and inquire who he was. Failing health, caused by intense application to study, caused him, in 1900, to resign his pastorate from the church he had served long and faithfully. When he appeared to be regaining his health, he died with tragic suddenness, Saturday, December 5th, 1903, 
leaving a community in mourning. The day following his death, eulogistic remarks were made on him in every church, both Catholic and Protestant, in the entire city. The rector of the nearest Catholic church told his large congregation that Newton had lost its greatest citizen and every one of them a good friend. All missed him. The appreciation of his gracious, kindly nature was touchingly expressed to the writer by an Irishman working on the street. He took off his hat and said, "'You don't know me, ma'am, but I know you, and we are all sorry for your trouble. We all love the doctor, for he was the friendliest man that ever walked the streets.' A bust of him is now being made by C. E. Dallin to be placed in Channing Church, Newton. The manuscript of this book was Dr. Hornbrook's last work. He finished it only a few days before his death. It is the loss of the reader that it did not have his final revision. Orinda A. D. Hornbrook, Newton, Massachusetts, October 1909 End of Foreword